from VentureX Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. All right. I can't hear myself on the mic. Am I, am I on? Okay. Okay. Usually I've got my headset on. So, and my ears are also clogged up because of allergies. Shocking, I know. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we know Kathy. She's over here blowing her nose before the show, using asthma inhaler, all that kind of good stuff. Well, hey, we are really, really excited that you have chosen to spend this morning with us. Um, we're doing a special tribute to 9-11, of course, and tomorrow it will have been 20 years. And I just, I, I see you're nodding your head. I just, um, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it is. I mean, that, it's one of those things for people our age, um, you remember exactly where you were, the way, you know, people a little bit older than us remember that where they were on, say, the day that Kennedy was shot or Pearl Harbor, uh, Pearl or, Harbor or, or, you know, there are those dates in history that everybody remembers exactly where they were when yeah. they found out. Yeah, and, we, and we'll be sharing that. Um, we've got uh, Lathan Watts from First Liberty. We've got Brad Namdar, um, who is a congressional candidate now, officially, I can say that. Um, and then we will have Fred Nort coming in student uh, studio, who is a former police officer from the New York area who was there, boots on the ground. Um, so, uh, again, we're going to talk about a few other things besides 9-11, but really want to focus on the importance and the significance of this date in history. And this is one of those things, you know, everybody uses the hashtag nowadays, never forget. And and we'll talk about that. Um, I know there's something that I've done with my kids ever since they were little that um, is to help them remember because my daughter wasn't even two yet. My son wasn't even born yet. Um, so how do you make sure that a generation that was not alive or was very young how do you make sure that they remember and they know about the importance of 9-11 and and the significance of innocent Americans just going to work going about their normal day and being um being attacked these aren't people who signed up for the military or um you know as first responders these are innocent people going to work they get attacked and killed on American soil. Um, very significant, very significant. And so we'll be talking about that. I do want to give, um, we've got a bit of sad news um, for the crew. Uh, one of the members of the crew has passed away. Um, Y'all know back in the day, I was a special education teacher, taught um, uh, at Plano East Senior High, um, and uh, just loved my time there. And at during my time as a um, as a teacher at Plano East, I was able to meet some amazing students and um, work with some amazing parents. And some of those folks, quite a few of them, I've kept in touch with over the years. And one of those families is Ryan Massey's family. He was a, a great, great kid at Plano East Senior High, um, was a very involved in agriculture, had an award-winning heifer that we even got to go see at the fair. Um, even past his time, um, as one of my students, he mowed my lawn. He, he had his own lawn mowing service and his own firewood business. And um, we just stayed good friends, um, stayed friends with his mom, Rhonda Massey, who became um, a member of the crew when JP and I got on the radio together. And um, Joe Chandler, um, his brother as well, is a member of the crew and just loved this family. And unfortunately, uh, Rhonda passed of COVID on Monday. So, um, 
Just please keep their family in your <coughs> prayers. Um, she was an incredible woman. She is missed tremendously by her family and friends. And we just ask that the crew um, please uh, join us in prayer and pray for the for um, Rhonda Massey's family. She was an incredible woman, and may she rest in peace. She was also a woman who definitely believed in the Lord. So. I know she's celebrating in all her glory right now. So so that's the good news part of it. We're just left here to miss her. Um, let's go ahead. Whew, okay. That's, that's always tough. That's always tough. Um, so let's go ahead and, Lathan, we're going to talk with you first about now. Okay, so. Lathan is very flexible on our show. Lathan has multiple <laughs> personalities when he's on our show. Sometimes Lathan's just a member of the crew hanging out with us, radio personality, podcast personality. Um, but sometimes he's putting on his um, First Liberty hat. And we're yep. going to ask you first to put on your First Liberty hat. Got it. And let's talk about, um, let's go ahead and talk about vaccines in, in light of what, what the president announced yesterday, which I don't know about y'all, but my phone blew up yep. just blew yeah, up absolutely. i'm sure all of y'all's did <clears throat> um you know i've even got um somebody who i know who the day before called me in a panic saying i just found out that i will lose my job by november 15th if i'm not fully vaccinated and this company is headquartered out of another country and the employees work from home and Work, and, and this individual worked from home for almost a decade, even before the pandemic. Right. So um, <clears throat> I'm sitting here thinking, why do you need, and this individual has had COVID and feels like a shot is not necessary. Right. Um, you know, so I know you guys at First Liberty are getting blown up because people are looking for um, religious exemptions right. for the vaccine. So <clears throat> tell us, where do people go? How do they find this out? Yeah, so we were already, um, <laughs> I would say, inundated uh, with calls even prior to uh, the president's announcement yesterday. Um, and, yeah, there are a lot of people who have religious beliefs um, that they want to ad adhere to that prevent them from uh, or they have concerns about this vaccine. And we're getting so many calls that what we, the best way we can handle it is we created um, basically like a, a toolkit for people to that they can read through, and there's some templates in there based on, you know, do you work in the private sector, do you work for the government, are you in the military? And it kind of explains how to request a religious exemption, okay. uh, an exemption from a vaccine mandate based on your religious beliefs. Right. And you can use that to uh, craft, you know, your own uh, request that's specific to your situation. Um, and that's free. It's on our website. Just go to firstliberty.org. Uh, I think there's like a red banner at the top. You can you can find it there. Um, and we would encourage people to do that first. Okay. okay. Um, because we've got you know limited staff and time and resources, and well, we're running could, out of people to, to handle right. the calls. Right. I mean, it's, it's, at some point, uh, you don't have enough hours in the day and enough people right. on the phone to be able to return calls. And this was, and again, y'all did y'all took the initiative on this even before the president's announcement right. yesterday i can't even imagine yeah you know and it's, and it's interesting people not knowing that that jp kathy and the crew have, has a connection with you or that you and i are longtime right. friends from back in the young republican days when yeah. we qualified oh lathan still qualifies at least his no. wife does nope. <laughs> she looks like she does god bless her but um you know they were like oh kathy have you heard of first liberty and everybody's sending me y'all's link and i'm like 
as a matter of fact, yes, great organization, <laughs> yeah. great people. But y'all were hit up hard yeah, beforehand. Yeah, I, I think the the last number I heard prior, even prior to the to the announcement yesterday, was like in the last two weeks we had somewhere in the neighborhood of over a thousand phone calls from people asking for for help, which is why we put that little kit together and, and put it on the website. So we right. can refer people to that. And it's like, please read this, you know, use this to request your exemption. If your exemption's denied, right. um, then come back to the website and, and click that get legal help tab. Gotcha. And, you know, we're not trying to be bureaucratic. It's just, there's so many uh, requests. That little form helps us track all of the requests so that we don't miss something. Um, so if, if you do that and you're, you know, then fill out that tab, then we can get back in touch with you if we think there's, you know, something that we can, uh, if we need to, you know, sign you up as a client and, and take on a matter. The, the, the fact is there's just way too many of these for us to, to do them all. Right. So we have to find, you know, um, the right fact pattern and, and, the, and the right client that we feel like could make the best case that could then protect everybody if we win that case. So... I just encourage everybody to go to the website, firstliberty.org, read the material there about uh, requesting an exemption. Uh, do that. You know, if your request is denied, come back to the website, fill out that Get Legal Help tab, um, and then we'll get in contact with you. Right. And, and in the meantime, um, and you and I spoke about this yesterday, there are already, you know, going to be lawsuits. Again, this is not what the president discussed yesterday. I can't even imagine the lawsuits that are coming from this. Um, yeah, the first thing that I thought of when I was listening to what he said, um, and I only caught bits and pieces of it and get all of it. I'm, I've watched some of it, but he was talking about going through OSHA to require this of employers. Well, OSHA is a, a federal agency. Right. And if you're going to make a rule, you typically have to go through a notice and a public comment period. Yes. In order for that rule to withstand. That's what you have to do. That's, it, the, that's what you have to do at local levels. Right. Of government I mean, it's is, the, you know. the Administrative Procedures Act. So I would, I would be shocked if someone doesn't challenge this in court and try to get um, go to a federal district court and try to get a nationwide injunction against it for violating the, the APA. Yeah. Um, and that's just on the employer part of it. And the rest of it, you know, there'll be other issues I, I expect. Um, but yeah, it will be litigated. There, there's uh, it, no doubt. Th- in my there's mind. there's no doubt. So, so uh, again, you know, follow the steps on uh, first uh, firstliberty.org. We'll put the link in here on our um, on our show page. Uh, anyway, it, it this isn't over, and people even you know government employees who this is being mandated. Uh, well, heck, um, and then you even have um, Los Angeles um, ISD, the Los Angeles School Board. I, they're not. They're, what are they? They're not um, ISDs. They're yeah, I, 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 I forget. I forget. I'm, I'm blanking out on the on what they're called. But um, they they had a they passed a vaccine mandate. So again, this it's not over. Um, just know know that you've got organizations like First Liberty. They'll right. help you. Um, let's go ahead and before we switch over to Brad and Fred, um, let's talk about. The airlines, so Alaskan Airlines, I mean, it just, it, it's interesting, like within, you know, 12 hours, Lathan sends me one link, he's like, oh, I can talk about this, and I'm like, okay, cool, and then it's like, nope, here's something else, right. so um, never a shortage of cases, unfortunately. No, we are, um, as, they, as they say in my neck of the woods, busier than a one-legged man in a kick fight. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in addition to, I mean, all the stuff related to the pandemic that we've done over the last two years and then you know now the stuff with the vaccine mandates the there's i wouldn't say that there's a typical kind of case at first liberty but all the other kinds of cases they never stopped either 
Right. Those things, those, all those other issues are still going on. And so uh, yesterday um, we announced we are representing um, two flight attendants uh, who work for, worked for Alaska, Alaskan Airlines. Right. And Alaskan Airlines um, posted a message on their kind of internal uh, intranet, their company kind of message board that only the employees uh, read. And it was a message that uh, all about the Equality Act and how uh, Alaskan Airlines was all on board and you know, very supportive. And in right. this in this post, they encouraged employees to discuss it, to comment about it. And and that was we're talking literal verbiage, encouraging conversations right. amongst the employees. Right. So let's let's clear that up. Right. They so they, they, they asked it. for feedback. Okay. And these two flight attendants, which we now represent. Each posted comments about the Equality Act, um, raising questions about it. Uh, Lacey Smith, um, her question was, do you as a company believe you can legislate morality? That's what she asked. Um, That's a comment. That's feedback, right? And both of these flight attendants, the other one was, uh, the other comment was, you know, a little edgier, but they asked for feedback and they got it. And they fired both of these flight attendants uh, based on the comments that they made on this on this and, post, and it on wasn't, this internal post. Again, it, it was you know that's that's a question I, I want to know from an employer, and it's a question that we're in such. And one of the things we're gonna the four of us will talk <clears> about today is we're in tumultuous times. We're in very trying times in our country, the most trying times I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, and, and so now there are questions that maybe a few years ago when you were hired by an employee, you never thought to ask questions about their political stance. Will will my political stance ever be impacted? Things of that nature. Um, And so now you've got people who have to, you've got to ask the question after the fact. Right. And these, these two employees, I mean, the comments they made, you know, and their criticism, you know, implied or, or overt of the Equality Act were based on their religious beliefs on these issues. Right. Um, religious beliefs that are pretty common across a lot of different religions. Right. People can disagree over, you know, the Equality Act. And I actually think, it, you know, Alaskan Airlines, if, if a company is going to, you know, get out of the commercial space that, the, that they work in right. and wade into a political issue, I actually think what they did is probably a good idea to tell your employees, hey, we're going to do this and seek some feedback. Right. But what you can't do is then fire the people who give you the feedback feedback. that you don't want. Yeah, yeah. And and particularly when that is based on their religious belief. Uh, Title VII of the the Civil Rights Act of 1964 prohibits employment discrimination on the basis of religion. And what they did is a blatant violation of that. So we've now filed two separate complaints, you know, individually on on behalf of these flight attendants with the federal EEOC and um, charges of employment discrimination. And we'll wait now to see how the EEOC deals with it. And once they do, depending on what they decide to do, then we'll work with our clients, you know, to get this resolved in a way that they're comfortable with. Well, and, and we appreciate you bringing this to us. Um, you also have an article. Let's and we'll have you post that in the comment section since we we had one story take priority over the other. But um, if you want to, how, how do people get in touch with you, Lace? Then through First Liberty, how do people get First in touch Liberty. with you? FirstLiberty.org. Um, you know, uh, if you, for me specifically, you know, um, go to the, uh, the, the tab that says our team, yeah. legal team, there's my picture. Click, click Perfect. on me. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, you'll be tomorrow um, with a Christians Engaged with Bunny Pounds. I will. I was, yeah. I, I'm, unfortunately, I've got another event or else I'd be there. So talk about that event a little bit. If, and yeah, it, so it is, is still open for people to attend. 
that I would have to direct Refer a bunny. To bunny. Okay. Yeah, because I'm okay. just kind of one of the talking heads. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> this is, this is um, you know, this is Bunny's ministry that, that we represented um, when In her C3 yep. uh, status was denied. So this is her doing what she does. Gotcha. You know, she's at this church teaching people about the political process, and I'll be there just speaking on um, religious liberty and um uh, how it's enshrined in the Constitution, you know, how, um, how what we do, you know, protects people's uh, right to live according to what they believe uh, for people of all faiths. And uh, so I'm just kind of one of the, uh, the, I guess, subject matter experts. There you, know, you if go. I'm, if I'm and being you generous are, he to won't myself. Say, he's not going to brag on himself. He is. So, um, yeah, so anyways, if you want to have Lathan on a sh- your show, he's a regular on a number of shows besides ours, um, Point of View, a ton, tons of shows, and um, also a speaker regularly yep. at events. Mm-hmm. So um, we really appreciate you now. So that was your first Liberty hat. So when we right. now, <laughs> at, next time you see Lathan on camera, he will just be Lathan Watts, right. member of the crew and friend of, our, of right. mine and Jay. Um, so let's go ahead over to the other side of the table, and let's. Um, uh, I want to make sure those of you who do not know Brad Namdar and um, Fred Nort. Good morning, gentlemen. It's so so good to have you guys here. Um, Brad Namdar is. Um, he's been a, a guest co-host with me before. Um, you know, very involved politically, a mentor to a ton of young kids. Even though he is young himself compared to all of us. Um, so, um, but um, he is now a congressional candidate, and and we'll we'll have you on to talk with you about that at another time. But um, before I introduce Fred, Brad, let's talk because this is going to lead into 9-11 and how when you open the floodgates of America and when you're not, boy, when you're not there ready to make sure that danger does not come in, harm does not come into our American citizens, we're in trouble and you've got to be proactive. It can't be after the fact that you're like, oh, wait, everybody who's here who is selling drugs, doing sex trafficking, right. wants to kill us, hates hates freedom, hates religious freedom. Everybody, y'all get out. It, it, it never works that way. You've got to be proactive. And you recently, and I was stunned by some of your videos, um, you recently because you're running for Congress, and because especially you're, if if you win, when, um, you when. win when oh yes, Brad's a very he's a positive person. I love this. Um, when you win, um, Fred, who's a life coach who's sitting next to you, he's gonna y'all, y'all will get along real well. Um, you know, when you win, you know this is going to be a huge issue as a congressman from Texas. So if you can just fill us in on a little bit, we're gonna have Brad on where he's gonna have an entire segment to talk about um, what's going on in the border and we can maybe show some of the of some of the stuff. We can, okay, yeah. we can show some yes. of the stuff that you um, videotaped. So talk about sure. the chaos that is the, border. the Texas border right now, Brad. So on, on the onset, um, I was in sixth grade when 9/11 happened, and, uh, and 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 I think about that. And at my at my age, and my you know, yeah, Brad's our token young person. Yeah. Everybody here today, I'm, 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 I'm the token millennial. <laughs> yes. So, um, but I remember I was at Frankfurt Middle School in Plano, and it was going into Texas history. And then we had English, and then we had math, and they played it on the projector screens, and we watched right. it as the second plane hit, and you kind of you didn't fathom fully at that age really what was going on, but you also then saw just how bad it was afterwards. So as we got older, especially me and some of my friends and peers, we realized, okay, this was not something that was an accident, you know, because, again, you're in sixth grade or 12, right. you know. Um, and so now that I've gotten older and I've seen what's going on, yes, national security is a huge issue. 
Um, we've had 17 cyber attacks on our country since then. Cyber, since 9-11? No, since just the uh, Biden administration, yes. I mean... Since... Okay, so I want you to say that again. Since the Biden administration has come in, you know, Right, into office, play, yeah. We've had 17 cyber attacks. I mean, I couldn't get briskets at Katie Trail Ice House because they hit a meat manufacturer and distributor. Um, we've had, you know, um, countless, I mean, just mess ups. So you look at what happened in Afghanistan, how we, you know, they, they say, you know, how we pulled out and, you know, the deals that we had with the, you know, the Taliban. And, and again, I've had friends who served, as I'm sure everyone at this table's had. You know, we've all known people who've served. And I just want to make sure that they all know that, number one, we thank them for their service. Amen. And we thank God our allies them. for their yes. service. Yes. I mean, we'll thank everyone for their service and those who went there. And at the end of the day, I, what, what, what's, what's sad to me is that that tragedy brought our nation together from all different backgrounds. It didn't matter what religion you were, what race you were, you're an American, and we knew that this was a hit on our home. And, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, especially being the youngest member of our tribute today, because that was one of the most powerful, I'm sure as we all tell our stories about where we, we were, like Brad is, that that hit home. And With everybody. We, we don't have that right now. Well, what I think we're going to have is, is that well, hopefully. Well, one thing is, is that when you brought up the border. Well, when I went to the border, uh, I, I was mar- I got married recently, yes. right? And yes, congratulations and blessings. We love your wife, Pia, and thank you so much for um, inviting me to your wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. Just a beautiful wedding. Beautiful yes. couple. Welcome to the Mail Club of Misery. And, I mean, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'm married wed. up. Come on. I, I married up. He, did, he married up. He married and, you know, very so well. I, I did pretty well. I married up. But, but then we went on our honeymoon, and we got back, and I said, okay, I'm going to the border. And she goes... That's not a second honeymoon. No, well, she was staying. I went by myself, and, yeah. and, and you know, a good friend of mine, Sam, he gave me this, like, I think it's a three-plate. He called it a, a bulletproof vest and everything, and I have some friends in the RGV um, that, that, that told him I'm coming to the border. Now, for some reason, people from North Texas just don't go visit the border. Well, my member of Congress, currently, that's holding the seat, he hasn't been to the border, so I might send him an invoice because it is job for him. Go check it out. But, you know, so we drove down there. It took eight hours. And what I saw was as closer as we were getting there, you know, um, they sold fake license plates at some gas stations. I mean, they sold it's, – it's a, it's a culture. This was, you know, we're going to Hidalgo County. Other side of there is Reynosa. So we got there. Um, average income, I believe, was like around 23000 Number one employer was the municipality. Um, but they had some fields that were just, you know, stampeded upon, you know, the farmers, you know, talked with our, you know, ag commissioner about this at Miller as well, you know, and, and I think that it's important that if you want to be in Congress, you have to learn, you know, earn your spurs, go down there and go. And I walked into Mexico with no passport. I came to the back in the U.S. with no passport. And, okay. So that, it literally, it's on I mean, the video. This was just a few weeks ago, and this is on video and we'll show this when you're back on the show. <clears throat> No passport. Through, through immigration, forth, yeah. Back and forth. Yep. And I want to show, I just want to show, just I want to learn, you know. What, you wanted to see what, what was required. What was going on. Right. And, and then I went on a ranch um, that was right on the border of the Rio Grande. And I could throw a football and hit the other side of Mexico. It was literally, it had to have been 35 yards, yeah. you know. No border patrol. No, but there's actually a dock. That was on there, you know, where you can go fishing and hang out. There's a guy in a big tube fishing and stuff like that. So I realized, okay, okay. So there's a moment in actually the video where I got really upset because I realized, you know, one, it's not what everyone thinks. Some areas aren't manned. You know, there's a wall, and then there's supposed to be a second wall or barrier. 
and mm. there's a gray area. And that gray area is where you have crime, narcotics, uh, fentanyl, human trafficking. And, and fentanyl it just recently killed a couple of Hollywood actors, which fentanyl, yep. it's one of those things. It's what they're lacing, I, I say, the kids, you know, they younger people. China. people, And it, actually, China. there was an actor in their 50s yeah. who just recently passed. And it, it, even if a little bit of fentanyl is cut into your drugs. Oh, you're dead. It's a nasty, nasty drug. Yeah. And and that's what's coming across yep. the border right now. And 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 the the problem is and and you know hopefully if I get elected to Congress or I plan what I do um is that I'm going to have a very very str- I mean I have legislation already written. Yeah. Ready to go. And on my yeah. website we're going to launch soon. That we have to make a barrier on our border and we have to be smarter. Because it's not just let me just tell you this the United States of America we are the moral authority on the earth. We are the superpower and we need to maintain that. I don't like, and I don't think it's Texas values, in my opinion, or North Texas, or red, or blue, or white, to think that we are a country that allows for the moral, you know, standards to be second to, you know, secondary. Oh, we're going to leave people, you know, in Afghanistan. We're going to leave people left behind. We're going to leave our allies. No, that's not who we are. And if you're, if that's who you believe who no, we are. No, that's not who we are, and we cannot allow ourselves to be that way. Right. And we're not the type that says, okay, you know what, we got an issue down there at the border. Uh, you know, let's turn our head. And because here's the deal. When the domestic economy falls and, you know, during the lockdown, it hurt a lot of small businesses. You know, I'm on the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Small Business Advisory Council, and I own a small business. Well, when domestic economy falls, crime increases. People get more desperate. You do things that are, you know, that, that aren't normal, and people get put into positions of duress. And the border, absolutely, it's the same thing. I mean, if you can make money just going through one payload across, I mean, I was in, I literally, if you guys go to the video, you can see it's on my Facebook, Instagram, all, on all my uh, social media outlets. I'm sitting in line with the migrants that are coming across the border, and they're not bad people. Don't get me wrong. Now, they're not those. They weren't bad people, but they had their bags. They weren't coming here for a day. They're coming here to either work or they were put in a position. And sometimes right. people think it's Phoenix. I'm in the car with that with my buddies that are from the RGV. They're like, yeah, the the drivers or the coyotes would say, this is Houston. This is Phoenix. This is you know some. I'm like, this is not Phoenix or Houston. He goes, yeah, but they don't know that. So oh my they, goodness! I didn't even think about that. So right. all the false information that's being given to somebody who's yes. been dropped off. Yes. So they 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 said they find that ninety nine percent of the time is a lot of times they don't know, and it's really close to the south tip of you know Texas. So, but they don't know, and so we have to deal with it in a way that allows us to use our technology, use our natural resources that's already there, use our barriers, empower our border patrol, empower our ICE, you know, process amnesty claims on the other side, and at the same time, you know what? use our strength and power as a superpower of the United States to come up with a workable solution that makes it equitable for Mexico to make sure that they're protected. I don't need cartels harassing people with amnesty cases that are pending. I don't need the cartels doing that. We need them to keep be, keep them safe, but also by no means are these people bad people that want to come to the United States, but they're being used as, as a cash crop for the right. cartels. So, yeah. you know, we don't take kindly to that in Texas. <clears throat> and my advice is for anybody running for Congress that has a the border in their district, make sure that uh, you're advocating for the right stuff because we need to make sure we put that at the forefront of everything. Absolutely. Well, and Brad, so you're seeing firsthand when you have no rules, when you're able to go back and forth across the border without a passport, when you have people being lied to or who are coming over here, you see where we can set ourselves up so easily oh, yeah. through the border in Texas, our backyard, yep. for another 9-11. And I've thought about that a lot because 
you know, there's so I used to play college football. You know, I had two coaches. One was I played at Texas Tech for Mike Leach. The other was June Jones at SMU. One thing they were good at was you know throwing the ball. We could throw the ball downfield all day long, all day long, all day long. The other defense wasn't stupid. They were in you know a three coverage. They're in cover three. Safeties were back deep. Well, the people who wish harm to the United States aren't stupid. If they see that we're vulnerable somewhere, or they know we're really good at, you know what we, you know, if you want to go through JFK, if you want to go through this airport, no, we're we're strong there. But on a border, oh well, you know, it's it's not as strong as it is or it needs to be. We're going to go through there, and they have money, they have the resources. I mean, China, where fentanyl is the you know the the main ingredient product that is then you know combusted and created in Mexico and then through the border. I mean, this is an ICO, an international crime organizations with international trade and commerce. They have their own routes and everything. Absolutely. We could set ourselves up for something. But I also think that as long as we elect the right people, we have the right oversight and we have the right and support, you know, our law enforcement and border patrol and, and give them the tools they need to do to be compassionate and to be able to enforce our safety, we're going to be fine. But if we don't act now... We're going to be in trouble. We are. And again, it's one of those things you have to be proactive. 9-11 happened because of, yeah, you can't be reactive. 9-11 happened because of years of intelligence failure. I mean, we can go on and on about what happened and what led to 9-11. We can't leave ourselves sitting ducks for that again. And that's something we're about to introduce Fred, but that's something I want to talk about is, you know, let's, we're going to hear Fred's story and where he was on 9-11 and thank him tremendously for his service. Um, but then I want to hear, you know, do y'all think here it is? It's it's the day before the 20th anniversary of 9/11 on September 10th of 2021. I, and think about it. I'll ask this question again in a little while. Do we feel like we're setting ducks all over again, and maybe more so than before? So um, it's a scary. It, these are scary times we live in, you know. Um, and um, we're going to go back 20 years from now. And, and anybody who is a member of the crew already knows Fred. He's he's one of our daily commenters. He's been on the show before. But Fred Nort, who is a life coach, that's what you do for a living now because you're retired among police department. Um, among other things, yes, um, is with us today. And we're so happy that you're with us, Fred. You were a yeah. member of the Lake Success Police Department on yes. Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um Fred and I have very different accents. So, yes, you will be able to tell he is he is from up in that neck of the woods. But um, let's talk about your experience on 9-11. You were up there. You were in the thick of it. So, um, you know, welcome to the show. First of all, thank, thank you. you for wearing the uniform and protecting thank us you. on J.P. Kathy and the crew. <laughs> we love our men and women in blue. We love our first responders. You know, um, and never was it more clear to me on 9-11 when you see people running, you know, everybody covered in ash and people jumping out of buildings, you know, choosing to, to jump out of the World Trade Center versus being burned together yeah. by, you know, fuel. Um, and I just remember sitting there in awe of all of the first responders running into danger. And so thank you for being one of those that has protected us. Well, thankfully, I wasn't working in Manhattan the day it happened, but... I- and I'm a little upset about one thing right now. Yeah, there's no animals. You know, <laughs> I, and I and, and see, he is he is a, he is a member. Yeah. They're in my bag, but I thought because today we were paying tribute to 9/11, I would not have my unicorns and Grogu <laughs> and my Guns and Roses um, koozie. So I, I was trying. Right, I was trying to be respectful today. All right, I'll Fred. give it to you for that. Okay, yeah. thanks. But I do have them for a picture afterwards if you'd like. <laughs> 
but let but let's talk about where you were because you were you were up in that neck of the woods. You were an active yeah. police officer when nine eleven hit. Yeah, it was uh, working for Lake Success Police Department. Actually, that morning I, I was I was at the emergency vehicle operation course, we call it EVOC course. So we learn to drive the police. Well, actually, you don't learn or you learn to drive it. Basically, it's a fun day if you get to go. Just you get to go destroy some police cars, and if you hit something, it doesn't make a difference. No reports. And <laughs> there you usually, go. <laughs> usually it's tires and stuff like that, but you can kind of pass it. But we never even made it that far. I was sitting in the back of the room and watching, watching it. We were actually on a break, and I, one of the instructors came in and comes out like, hey, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. I'm going, World Trade Center? I'm not thinking Twin Towers because I know it's World Trade Center, but to me the World Trade Center is a separate little building. Right. And it turns out, like, I was like, hold oh, on. Uh, like well, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm looking, I'm watching everything burn. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And next thing you know, within a few minutes, you just see we saw the second plane hit, and that's when we said uh, something's wrong here. You know, the first one you figure maybe okay, it's a some pilot that miscalculated or some stupid thing like that, or electrical problems. When the second one hit, you see it's a big plane. Like mm. instead of being a little one, you're like, okay, this is not right. So we, where my evoc was, is actually in Nassau County Police Jail. So they, as soon as the second plane hit, I, I can't remember. The second plane hit was was the first collapse, but when the second plane hit, we it was it was the second plane. Hit, we we scrambled out of it. We had to get out of it because the jail was getting locked down. Because they knew we were under attack, and we didn't want to get stuck inside the jail because otherwise, you know, we even though we're a separate area, we would have locked down. The sheriff's department wouldn't let us out. It wouldn't matter if we police or not. They wouldn't let anybody out. Who was inside. Oh, even if you're a police officer, yeah, they, they, if you're they, they in, they were gonna lock it down. So nobody get out. Yeah. So we and plus we're oh. all at that time we're all in civilian clothes, so we wouldn't. Gotcha. Back, okay. You know, gotcha. So, so we all bolted out, and I'm driving back to headquarters, which is probably about twenty miles away, and I got to a point of I remember just thinking Marcus Evans Jericho Turnpike, and I heard on the radio the first tower collapsed. I'm like, what the heck? You know, and then I drove all the way to work. By the time I got to work, the second tower went to collapse, and I got back to work around 10 a.m., I think it was, a little before 10, and I rushed in. I was supposed to, it was my normal tour of duty. I was just going to evoc for the morning anyway. And um, we went, I went and changed, got dressed, and then next thing, you know, we were just doing traffic control all day long because where Lake Success at was, if you look at a map of Long Island, you'll see Interstate 495, which I think is pretty funny because an interstate is supposed to connect states. <laughs> It doesn't connect states. It connects the East End of Long Island, Manhattan. So it's really not an inter- It's called an interstate, but it doesn't but it's really not. Do, yeah. it doesn't do its yeah. job. So which I, I always try to figure that one out when I was growing up. You know, and um, we boarded at Queens. And what happened was New York City shut the border down at Queens. They weren't allowing anybody in. And they shut the, we shut the expressway down so nobody get on the expressway because in, on Long Island, the only major thoroughfare to get any big trucks in the, uh, anywhere, in, anywhere in Long Island is Long Island Expressway. So we couldn't take a chance that it hit one of the bridges right. and we couldn't get the trucks in or get the extra firefighters in and stuff like that. We're going to work, trying to get in there. And so they shut down. What they were doing was they we they were shutting down at the, like I said, the next road up, which I covered Lakeville Road, which is the first road, first major north-south roadway east of the long, uh, east of Nassau-Queens border. The next, the one just west, it was Little Lake Parkway. When the cars were going into Little Lake Parkway, they're making make a right on Little Lake Parkway to head north down to Northern Boulevard. And make it make a right to Northern Boulevard to get out of the city because they weren't allowed to go west. We we had an intersection Northern Boulevard and Lakeville Road, which we couldn't cover. We had Nassau County cover it. And they were actually making the cause make a right turn. They allowed them to make a right turn to come back south to go to the LA, thinking they'd get on the LA. And we shut that we had we had two underpasses that we shut down so nobody could go under the bridges. And we were just I literally watched the same car pass every hour. But meanwhile, I could look over to my left look over my left shoulder and I could see the smoking towers from there. Because it's only about Probably as a crow flies, maybe 15, 
the tw- no, it's not more than 20 miles. He's maybe 15 miles away, 20 miles away where the buildings were. So you could, I mean, you literally could see the billowing smoke, yeah. the ash, everything going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, what goes through, obviously, you know, the police officer in you thinks one way. You think about protecting and serving. Just as an American, what was that like knowing we have been attacked? It's a weird feeling. I can't, it's hard to explain what it was. It's just, it was, a, it was definitely a feeling going, it was like, holy crap, we're under attack. And, you know, and when it comes to the United States on the, on the ground, the United States, technically the police are the first line of defense. Right, right. So we didn't know what's going on. So we're all, we're all ready to go in case something stupid happens. We, yeah. know what's, yeah, we don't know what's going on. He said, yeah, we're on Long Island. I work for two square mile village. But we still were, like I said, on the Nassau Queens border there. So we still had not, every, everything that's going to happen is going to happen in Manhattan. And as it proved, the first two planes hit in Manhattan. You know, yeah, the first two planes hit in Manhattan because that's the, I mean, Manhattan's a beast of its own. Right, right. You know, there's nothing I can compare it. I, I joke around saying, like, Long Island, the Brooklyn, Queens area is kind of like Plano, Dallas. Right. When you get to Nassau right. County, it's kind of like the Frisco, the Frisco end of right. Plano, the, the side of Plano. And then when you get out to the east end of Long Island, you got, like, the five east end towns, totally different, like, kind of like Little Elm and Salina. I mean, I grew right. up where I went seven miles east of my house and a John Deere tracks blocking farms. Right. So that's the logistics of all Long Island. But everything's going to happen on the west end of Long Island because that's where all the major people are. Well, and I hence mean. the reason that that was that was the target. That was yeah. that's one of the epicenters of, I mean, of everything that we stand for. Your know, capitalism, opportunity, mm-hmm. freedom, growth, liberty, lived right there. Yeah. They knew that. Yeah, they, did. they knew that. And they picked the two biggest things in New York City. They actually had yeah, two biggest things in New York City to hit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and God only knows how many other planes were out there to do mm. the same thing. There was four total planes to hit, I think. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, four. Yeah. That's right. I'm trying to think whether there's a fifth one that was they knew about that they got they able to stop. I, I forgot about that part. But, but I mean, luckily. Anyway, probably a bunch of other planes that are ready to go, exactly, too, because they had yeah. a whole bunch of pilots. Well, done. I mean, you know, because at, you at know. that point, you know, Dallas, Houston, L.A., a big cities yeah. everywhere, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it was, you know, I mean, mass exodus from yeah. those places. Everybody kind of hunkered down in ho- at home because if you were near a Dallas, a Houston, a Los Angeles, a Boston, any major city that's a major metropolis, we we didn't mm-hmm. know, are, are we next? Yeah. We just didn't know. But Yeah, it was, it's crazy. And then what got crazy is we were sitting there, and next thing we know, we're, we're right by Lakeville Road and, and uh, the – North Service Road, which in Lake Success, the North Service Road kind of ran westbound only, but there's one part west of Lake Road that could run eastbound. There's a white van sitting there. And, of course, we ran, we're like, what's going right. on? Run the plate, yeah. and it comes back to an Enterprise rental car van. I'm like, all right, here we go. Holy crap. Yeah. They, knew, they know a bridge to take out because they take that one bridge out. Even though a few others in Queens, but they figure, they, I'm figuring, we're all figuring. It's a big like, problem. Yeah, as, us, yeah. as yeah. us cops, we're thinking we're, we're a small village. They're thinking these, these guys are going to try to hit a small village that don't think that, they think that we don't know what's going on. Right, right. right. And we see the van there, so now we have to shut down everything. We literally locked down, all, I mean, you locked down the westbound <laughs> service mm. road. I mean, there were hundreds of hundreds of thousands of cars. I mean, Lake Success, we had about a quarter to a half million cars a day go through our village. It's a two-square-mile village. Every day because of the expressway. So we had all that jam packed in. And if you don't forget, this happened on rush hour. Have a little before rush hour, but rush hour kind of runs almost 9 o'clock, 9.30 yeah. in the morning. Like, because there's still people trying to get in the city for later on. And so we had to lock down everything. And then we had to wait. We waited like a half. We had to wait 20, 20 minutes, about a half hour for the bomb squad to get there just to check out the truck. And it ends up being just some random person. I'll leave it at that. Just yeah. drop the vehicle there. And say, oh, it's not running. I'll leave it here. 
Yeah. On that day, and just walked away from it. Instead of not a good day for this. Instead of walking up and telling the police officers that are directing traffic, right? Hey, the car's broken down. Right. You know. So we hit that. That was another thing thrown in the whole works. I'm like, all right, here we go. They're gonna blow the bridge up. You know, and it was just crazy because the traffic alone was is weird. Every hour when I was on, I was doing both sides. I did 12 hour traffic as well. I got in 10 o'clock in the morning. I left 10 o'clock at night. Finally, we're done with. I find I find the traffic subsided. It was about 10 o'clock at night because just it was just so much traffic and so many cars. I mean. Long Island is basically the, almost the same square mileage as Denton County. Oh, wow. And Brooklyn, Queens, for all you Brooklyn, Queens people, it is on Long Island. You may not like to say <laughs> it, but you are on Long Island. <laughs> Between Brooklyn, Queens, and Nassau, Suffolk County, is about 7 million people. Just wow. residents. Wow. So think about putting 7 million people in Denton County. No. I'm, no that's I mean, the traffic that's control. Insane. I mean, everybody says right. you have traffic down here. I'm like, no. No. Y'all, the, y'all don't have traffic. North end of my village is 1.1 miles. North Boulevard, Lakeville Road, let's talk about the north end of my village. Is 1.1 miles of the expressway. During rush hour traffic in the afternoon, at 4.30 in the afternoon, 5 o'clock, I'm sitting in, I wasn't going no call in the police car. I reset the trip meter. It was 1.1 miles, took me 13 minutes. Wow. So whenever you see you have traffic here, you're yeah, really no, like, no, yeah, no, you don't no, have a lot of traffic here. I mean, my wife good. can make a 25-mile ride in 35 minutes going to work, but meanwhile in New York, in the rush hour traffic, a 25-mile ride takes you about 45 minimum to an hour and 20. And on Long Island, it's funny because we don't say time on Long Island when it comes to how far you are. Somebody asks, hey, how, how long is That's three miles. How long? How, oh, what time frame? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, three, yeah, miles. three miles. Yeah, three miles. Yeah. If anybody downstate, they always say miles. Upstate New York is like Texas. They'll say, oh, it's 20 minutes down the road. It's only 20 minutes. We don't say time on Long Island. You just can't. Yeah. You know, well, well, on behalf of all the sixth graders when I was a millennial and, and I'm, I'm a millennial now, thank you for your service. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. Because, um, I was a kid in Frankfurt Middle School, and you were doing your job to help keep all of us safe as yeah. best as you could. So thank you for that. I appreciate thank you. it. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. I, I can relate to what he was talking about a little bit in the sense of I was in high school. I was in, well, maybe it was eighth or ninth grade when Challenger hit. Oh. And we were watching on TV when the Challenger, yeah. when the first yes. Challenger blew up. So yeah. it's kind of, I can relate the, the situation with our Challenger blowing up was kind of like the shock of the Twin Towers getting hit in a way yeah. for kids. Right. Yeah, it was the right. when you're young, you're like, when you're, you're, young you're, like, you're trying to figure out like, adults, God, all the adults yeah, are I mean, panicking. The challenger wasn't an attack, but right. at the same time, it's kind of yeah. like the same reality. Yeah. But, and well, you know. that frustrates me the most right now is yeah. that I think that our country and our and, and, and our politics has become so visceral oh. to forget about what it is to be an American. What it is to also understand that we're the United States of America, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to hold the sins of the past, the failures of the past, to dictate. Where we need to be in the future, you know. I was yeah. in sixth grade. He was helping protect my life. Yeah, yeah. And lives in yep. New York. Yep. And yeah. we're both Americans, and we like it. Yeah. At the end of the day, and and we've got to get back to that. But at the same time, we I do think there are battles ahead. I'm like I told you, I'm worried about. We have cyber. We have the border issues. Mm-hmm. We also have. I mean, you said a van, a rental the, van. The, yeah. the I was more upset well, the cyber. They cut the beef. Yeah, yeah. I moved to Texas for brisket. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, come on. No, we got good barbecue we got here. Yeah. We got well, but that's the thing. You know, we are. Right. And, and Lathan, then I'm going to go to you and find out where you are, and I, I'm going to talk about my thoughts on on 9/11. Um, you know, it's. Um, we are in such trying times. I mean, I don't think there's any one of us here that disagree. And if you're a member of the crew and, and you're on one of our sites right now, if you're watching the show or if you're watching this later, and please share this because we want to make sure we that we pay tribute to to folks. Um, but, but, you know, it's one of those things where we are in trying times. We've got, you know, racial 
unrest. We've got um, sexism, ageism. You've got um, religious battles. Right. You've got battles over the pandemic. You've got people literally just living on the edge. Right. You've got mental, a mental health crisis that we haven't mm. even seen the tip of the iceberg. We've yeah. got alcoholism, drug use, yeah. abuse, child abuse, spousal abuse, um, pet abuse. Um, you've got um, you know people. Thank you, where, Kathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we've got to, we've got yeah. to give well, a shout yeah. out for our, our puppies and our kitties. All our that. puppies get this. Yeah. All that wrapped up right now yeah. and now also your 20th anniversary of 9-11 yes yeah. yes every year 9-11 was kind of like a i mean see, all the together. thing is the thing about it was what happened with this i traveled after 9-11 quite a bit to different parts of the country right and unfortunately it becomes an afterthought for a lot of people because it didn't affect them. Like California, it didn't affect California. But I mean, it, it, but did, it, it did, but it did. But I mean, in a sense well, that nothing it, hit there. So, unless, and I don't mean that because California. No, no, no. But yeah, like, I, I think it's one of those things that it really hit you if, obviously, if you have yeah. somebody who was there. You know, I've got friends who were visiting yes, D.C. Right. and yeah. saw the Pentagon mm -hmm. get hit. I, I have friends who would have been at work in the World yeah. Trade Center, but they had a sick kid or they, yeah, wow. they you know, well, they, well, they had a flat tire. Yeah. Or you just, you know, so well, I think that I mean, impacts you even yeah. more. But as we get further away from it, how do we make sure that people yeah. don't forget what happened to us? Well, well what I meant by it didn't, it didn't affect them as much as that. And they it's got like out, backyard, is that in New York, yeah. in my back, in our backyard, this is our backyard. And being like I said, we boarded NYPD and we had, we had special computers put in. Our headquarters that chimed every, every day with something like, a terroristic threat or something like that. So we, mm. and you lived it every day and being that close to New York city, you kind of, the height, the heightened secure is a lot more in New York city than anywhere else. Right. It became a big time in New York city right after that. And it always, and it always has, it was, it has remained it was a lot that of heightened way. before that, but a big time and pretty much remained that way where you traveled to other parts of the country right. and the security wasn't there. And as yeah. much, I mean, not, just, not that like it our border right now. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. not negative. The security was there, but it wasn't as stacked up as it right. was in New York city. You didn't have the extra 10 layers to go through right. to get the same thing. Now you still had security to get through, but not right. So that's what I mean. And so it was kind of weird. And then, so every year on nine level, we'll think, okay, they're going to do another one. And then after a while it became an afterthought. But then every every five year, ten year, fifteen year anniversary, that's when people in New York kind of like, okay, they're gonna hit now. It's the anniversary and stuff like that. And right, actually, a lot of police officers saying they're probably not gonna hit. Like, I don't personally think anything's gonna happen tomorrow because what happens is they they know we're looking for it now. Oh, I so they, they, these guys they're not, like they, he said before, they're not stupid. <laughs> Yeah, they're right. smart people. They know the look of it, so not so. I mean, as a country as a whole, people are scared something's going to happen. But a lot of law enforcement. Yeah, listen, we are stepping up security and stuff like that. I Obviously, mean, up there. But at the same, it's not like it's a lot of times we say, you know what? They aren't crazy enough to do it again on the twentieth anniversary. But then again, uh, they are. Or, but they are. But if, they, if they? anything, it's going to be a solo singular terrorist person. It's not going to be a big terror. They're not going to take the planes over. I don't. Mean, that's what I personally think. I mean, they could do it. Let's say you know, it can happen. But it, 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 and again, you know, they're going to hit another day of another and, and another so, well, monumental day besides this one because we know they know right. Really, well, they took care of this. Now, one. my concern is okay. Does does something does uh, does some kind of something happen in? Afghanistan as a statement kind of a thing. And then I want to, I want to go over to Lathan. So, um, you know, you and I are close to the same age. Where were you when 9-11 happened? Okay. What were you doing? What were your thoughts? I was um, in Tunica County, Mississippi. Okay. Uh, went to law school at Ole Miss. Um, so I was uh, out of law school, just starting. I was actually, I think, in like a small claims court. And was standing there and a couple of sheriff's deputies. Um, I heard one of them mention to the other, Hey, an airplane hit the World Trade Center. And 
I remember kind of looking what? at him. I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, it's I just heard about it." I was like, "Yeah." My first well, thought was, "Maybe yeah. it's an accident." Right. Exactly. Yeah. I thought, "Well, oh, horrible. I, a building that big should be pretty easy to miss." Right. You know, like, I mean, you know. Yeah. So I thought, "Yeah, was there a mechanical issue with the plane? Did the pilot, you know, pass out? Could they not control what was and going especially on?" Especially since right? JFK and LaGuardia are not that far away from either one of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. JFK is a lot closer right. to the, the towers were than LaGuardia was. So right. you got big planes flying that general area all the time. So that was my first thought: was how did you know, how does that happen? So I finished what I had to do, and I went back over to the office and turned the TV on. And that's you know when you the second one hit, you're like. Okay, so this was not an accident yeah, at all. Right. Um, and I just remember just having this sick, sick feeling in the pit of my stomach and just mm-hmm. being angrier than I could ever remember. And uh, I talked to my uh, grandfather that night, um, and I just told him, I, I think I now have an idea of what you felt like on mm-hmm. December 7th, 1941. Pearl because Harbor. That were, yeah. Exactly. That was because kind of our Pearl Harbor. Then. Pearl Harbor, yeah. yeah. Because he lost... That was American soil. He, he lost a cousin at Pearl Harbor uh, and went and volunteered. Um, actually made his, his aunt pretend to be his mother because he, was, he wasn't 18 yet. And his to mother sign wouldn't off. sign it. He got his aunt to pretend to be his mother to sign, sign it so it. that he could get in. Yeah, there you go. Oh, um, you, hear, you hear a lot of stories <laughs> like that, that back Because yeah. right. people were ready to step up. Well, yep. and, and I... Um, driving home because I was living in Oxford, um, a bit of a drive between Tunica and Oxford, and I'd basically made the decision by the by, by the time I got back to Oxford, Mississippi, and um, I stopped by the recruiting office there before I got to my house. I, I don't know if I ever told my wife that, so she may be learning something today. Hello, Kim. Uh, <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I did. Um, I did tell her um, because they announced you know the president's going to address the nation. Right. And I did tell her, and, and and my parents was like, because I I really thought, um, this is the beginning of, of World War Three. Like this is going to be yes. a global. Yes. It is on right, and yep. and and I and I told her if the he's going to address the nation if, if he comes on and does what I think he might do and and announces this is going to be the biggest. You know, I need every able bodied man. I'm telling you, I'm going. Yeah. Now he didn't do that. The recruiter that I had talked to that day is like, just yeah, you know, um, keep your powder dry. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. just hold on if we yeah. need you. You know, you, you'll know if we need if we need you. And he's like, we don't need lawyers. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I told him I, I am a lawyer, but I know how to pull a trigger. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so that that was kind of my initial, and then most of that day after. So once the plane hit the Pentagon, um, my roommate from college who's godfather of my kids um he was in dc because he was going to work for the state department and right. he had already um completed basically all the all the stuff you have to go through and he had signed the little contract that says i will go anywhere in the world you want to send me right, right? Yeah. and his first day to report at the state department like show up for work was on was 9 11 2001 <laughs> so he gets a call saying don't come to the office, you know, stay home. And he's looking out his window. I mean, there are literally tanks in the streets. Yeah. And he, and he has just signed this paper that says, yeah, I'll go no, anywhere, anywhere in the world you want to send me. Wait. <laughs> Where am I going now? Uh, yeah. So I was frantically trying to get a call yeah, into, into him. him yep. Because I didn't know where he was. Um, and I couldn't. You could not. There were so many calls trying to go in and the out of D.C. It was just, you well, couldn't get a call. Well, 20 years ago, yeah, we weren't technology-wise where we were. So that many people... 
it just it jammed up all the systems yeah. and people couldn't get so a hold of the I had to call ones. his um, his parents out in West Texas and um, and I just told him I was like have you heard from you know and finally he finally, was able yeah, to get right. a call out to him and say yeah I'm okay um, but I remember thinking when the okay you hit the towers that's an act of terrorism you hit the Pentagon that's an act of war yes and yes. and back then we didn't really think of the two as separate, separately yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, or we or we did, yeah. not the way we think of it all today. Is quote the war on terrorism? Right. Like, no, yeah. Okay, that may be an individual terrorist act, but whoever is behind that plane hitting the Pentagon, that is an act of war, Absolutely. and that yeah. means us versus you and anybody else who had anything to do with it. And that's where I sort of had this yeah. mentality of like, here we go, it, right. yeah. we are finally going to get yeah. serious about taking and care they, of some things. And I do believe in that region out. of the world. I do believe they found out that a plane was going to hit, that was heading that was down in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, 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 was yeah. going for the White House. Right. Exactly. Exactly, right. yeah. And that's got, right. that's and, and, I think they figured that one and out. And I tell you, when, and at the end of the show, we're going to yeah. take a moment of silence for everybody we lost and those who are still fighting, mm-hmm. you know, and battling issues from 9-11. Yeah. And, and remember, remember those brave passengers. By that point, they had heard yep. what was going on and just normal everyday citizens became heroes that day. Can I say one thing about this yeah, too? Yeah. Is that um, being in sixth grade at the time to now, and knowing and seeing just how much our, our technology has advanced leaps and bounds. Um, Texas is all I know. You know, Dallas, Texas, and Collin County. My parents came from another country. They came from Iran here before right. the fall of the Shah. Right. My mother and father were both in tears at nine eleven. I mean, I never saw my father cry. But because you did that day. That day I Absolutely. did. Absolutely. And yeah. he was so upset about it. And again, as a as a kid, when you're when when your dad cries, it's kind of a different thing when you're a son, you know, seeing your dad, yeah. you know, teary up then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I remember my English teacher was crying, and so many adults are crying. And what, and I'm I'm I might have a little different of opinion. I feel like if you touch any of our soil, it's an act of war. You know, if you if you touch a sand, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is, that's an act of war. Yeah. And we show our strength. But when I saw my dad and my mom cry, who are proud Americans, you know, and being a first generation, I almost feel like it's a fiduciary. I want to let listeners know that we will have not only the moral attributes of what makes us the global superpower, again, at a higher standard, but we're going to have great people who are going to defend our country from the White House to Congress to everything, and we're going to get more North Texas values, and we, we don't take kindly – to any no. type of stupidity or terrorist well, or anybody. And that's why, Brad, Brad I like your, having your perspective because you are younger and, and you're still hopeful. You know, I, I'll never forget. I was working from home um, and I think I was working for Kevin Brandon at the time, dear, dear friend of mine in Lathan's and um, a great patriot. Um, and I and, and something I remember one of my young Republican friends from Austin. She said, are you watching TV? And I said, no, I'm up working in the office. And she said, you need to turn on the news. And it, and this was right before the second tower was hit. And I thought, again, like like most people thought, oh, what a horrific, oh, my gosh, what a horrific accident. Just, oh, oh yeah. gosh, right there, mm-hmm. big plane, like you said, right. horrific accident. But then when the second tower was hit, I remember my mom calling me in tears. And she said, it's World War III. And, um, and she was bawling. And... Um, and then calls just kept coming in, and I'm looking, you know, I've got my daughter, um, you know, my son hadn't been born yet, my daughter, who is, you know, just a few weeks away from turning two, and I'm thinking, is this it? 
you know, is this it? And you just, and you couldn't, those of us who were looking at young children thinking, this is all we yeah. get, you know, is this all mm-hmm. you get? Um, it, it just, it, it was, it was jarring. And, and so um, I, I'm, we move past this. I, I'm concerned. I'm glad to hear from somebody who knows law enforcement much better than I do that, and, and, and most of my law enforcement, you know, friends with the sheriff's department and the different police departments around town, you know, around the county and, you know, Texas, they're like, Kathy, you know, and they're saying like, we are so ready, you know, yes. you know, but, but it's still, um, anybody who will speak ill of our country mm-hmm. tomorrow, including people who are Americans, if you're an American and you don't like it here, get out, <laughs> get out. We'll, we will <laughs> do a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we will do a fundraiser. We'll buy you the luggage. We'll get you out. <laughs> but I tell you what, it, tomorrow is one of those days. If you can't say anything nice about your country, yeah. don't say anything at all. And just, you know what, go mm-hmm. quiet for the day. Go, go play your video games. Go, mm-hmm. go smoke your pot, whatever your, what, float your boat, whatever floats your boat. Do a TikTok video about some rap song, whatever you're going to do. Tomorrow is not the day to speak ill of 9-11, and we're, in, we're almost to the end of our hour. Um, and so I want to challenge members of the crew and people who are watching this. If you've got children who are, you know, who are younger, who weren't born yet, or who were very young when this happened, do something to keep, um, keep 9-11 as something in the forefront. And this is something that I've done for, for years and years and years with, with my kids. And we... Um, we we light a red, white, and blue candle, and we've done this even you know since mm-hmm. my daughter's moved out on her own. You know she'll Facetime if she's not with us, and we we light a red candle, a white candle, and a blue candle. We say a prayer for those who were lost during 9/11, um, a prayer for those who are still suffering with illness, disease, grief, mental health issues, whatever the case may be, financial issues, um, spiritual issues, whatever. They, we we pray for them, and then we play Lee, Green, Lee Greenwood's "God Bless the USA," mm-hmm. um, and it chokes me up to think about it every time we do this. The kids are like, and engaged tears with mom because they know I'm going to get emotional, but I feel like it's one of those things that it's our duty to make sure that generations to come don't forget what happened to innocent Americans on American soil. We won't forget. Well, thank you. I want to say it's funny. Not funny. Just think about, I take a step back later about the planes. Yeah. It was the, it was where I worked in Lake Success. The flight pattern for JFK was right on top of my area. So there were no planes flying over air for days. I'm like, it was just really eerie not to see right, big right. 7 boy seven flying around. And it was even more eerie the day I went to Ground Zero, which was three days late. I was at Ground Zero for one day. I went every eight hours, and it was just eerie to see fighter pilots. They were F-14s, F-15s flying over Manhattan the whole entire time. We saw them, and just the, the whole thing about Ground Zero was weird because it just it was eerie. Because you're like another at, world. Well, where I was actually at the World Trade Center spot where they had the where they had the uh, they set up the command post for the FDNY firefighters, oh, wow. and I helped. I was helping do the bucket brigade to dig them out, and we actually were able to dig them out. I mean, I was on the end of the bucket brigade. We would just hand buckets all day long for like a couple. I mean, we were there for eight hours doing that. Took a couple breaks, but it's just eerie to see a six foot, six story piece of facade, and looked up and said that was one hundred and ten stories tall one time. Mm. Wow! And the worst part was not knowing how many bodies there were, because they still didn't know like. We had no clue how many. We, we were sitting there going, I even said to my lieutenants with me, I said, there could be 20,000 people right here. There could be 20,000 people buried right here. We don't know it. We'll never yeah. know. We won't know until weeks upon years later. 
And I mean, thankfully it was only. I mean, thankfully 3, it's crazy. It's only three, four, three thousand total, something a little over three thousand. But but still, those are three thousand people that should never have died. The Twin Towers had its own zip code. Just oh, I did towers. not know yeah. that until today. Yeah. It had its own zip code just for the wow. Twin Towers. That's yeah. how big they were, and how many people, how many things in there. Any given time, it's fifty to hundred. I think it was fifty to hundred thousand people in there at wow. any given time. Even more than that. So, so it's own, it's, it is yeah. miraculous that we didn't lose. It's like its own city. We didn't lose more, right? Yeah, yeah and that's what people do say. That it is like its own city. Well, um, I, uh, Brad and Fred and Lathan, I cannot no. thank y'all enough again. Fred, God mm-hmm. bless you. Thank you for your service. Uh, you know, we just love you. Um, uh, Brad and Lathan always love having you guys on the show, and we really, really appreciate y'all coming on today. Um, we're going to show um, a dear friend of ours, um, Susan Fisher, when she found out that um, that Brad, she's actually who introduced Brad and I, um, and Susan's a longtime friend of the show, used to work for Congressman Sam Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, when she found out that um, Brad was going to be on the show today, she gave him a picture that she has from 9-11 that hangs in her home, that we're going to show that image here at the end, and just take a moment of silence um, as we close out JP, yeah. Kathy, and the crew. Be safe this weekend, be vigilant, take care of each other. Love your country and be just be so grateful that we're part we're we're citizens of the most amazing country on God's green earth and nobody can ever tell me different. So um thank you gentlemen so much for being here with me today and being part of JP Kathy and the crew. We love you guys and um we're gonna close out the show um with this image of um to remember those who were lost in nine eleven and those who are still suffering. So thank you so much and um, God bless you. you. Yeah. Yeah.